0: This is Bill Rogers, and you're listening to the Annie Gamers Podcast.
1: This is Annie Gamers Podcast number 17, recorded on Sunday, June 28th, 2009, from the deepest regions of your own mind. Today, we will be discussing the anime film, Tokyo Godfathers. Welcome to the Gamers Podcast. I am your host, Evan Minto, also known as Vampfo. My co-host today is a homeless Japanese drag queen, Mitchell Dyer, also known as Michi D.
2: Not cool, man.
1: Totally cool, and totally true. Anyway, we're going to be talking about, uh, like I mentioned before, Tokyo Godfathers. Today, it's, um, it's a pretty cool movie. Uh... I suggested it to Mitchy, I think, a couple episodes ago. I, uh, oh, God, it
2: was longer than that. It was long time ago.
1: Well, Age our episodes, ago. I mean, like, they come out practically once a month. So, a couple episodes ago is a couple months ago, really.
2: Fair enough. Fair enough.
1: Uh, anyway, let's get into what we've been doing. Want to start?
2: I start every time. You start today. Oh,
1: damn. All right. Sticking it to the man here. Yeah. So, I've been watching Cowboy Bebop, mm-hmm. uh... And, uh, you know, as is to be expected, Cowboy Bebop is awesome. Yeah, a little it's bit, just... huh? I can't
2: believe it took <laughs> you this long to get around to it.
1: Yeah, me neither. I had seen uh, pieces of it on Adult Swim before, but never really uh, sat down and watched the whole thing. Uh, and I had seen the movie, just because I had, I had seen the, a couple episodes here and there, and I was like, oh, I'll check out that movie. And I, I really liked the movie.
2: I See, I didn't really like the movie. I thought it was okay. The show is much better.
1: Yeah, like I... I I seen the movie so long ago. I don't have a uh, I can't compare them yet, so I'm going to watch the entire series then go back and watch the movie. But uh what I really like about the show is uh is just the writing. I know a lot of people like the action, the action is also good. I mean, the show is almost 100% good on all fronts. So, it's just the writing that really really gets me about it cuz it's uh it's very, very good episodic writing, which we don't always see in anime, uh, where you'll get little, you know, someone will say something, and someone will say something else, and these little little pieces will all come together at the end of the episode really, really nicely.
2: Right, they play off of each other really well, all of the characters. And the show does a really good job of having individual standalone episodes mm. that don't ha- really have a concrete narrative arc, but it still brings all the characters together, it allows the characters to grow a little bit, and it just, it's really good at that. And then yeah, it all I, comes I, together in the end. The I narrative think, arc I picks think, up, and everything you know about these characters comes into place.
1: Yeah, I think that what what a lot of anime uh, can sometimes miss, and, and part of this is, is what anime is known for anyway, so, I mean, you can't really criticize it for it, but, you know, people always talk about how anime is a, a linear story, and that's cool, but... It's very refreshing to watch something like Cowboy Bebop where you can tell there's something building toward the end, but it's it's still episodic, and every episode you watch is satisfying in its own right without needing to understand what's going on throughout the story.
2: Right, and towards the end there are a couple that mm. rely on some backstory that you learned earlier, but that mm. really doesn't come into play until probably the last disc, like the last four or five episodes.
1: Right. Yeah, I, I just finished uh, volume 2, so I'm still pretty early, but uh all the all the major characters have been uh introduced by this time. Cuz Ed was just introduced, I think like.
2: I want to know what you think of Ed specifically, cuz I did not like her at start, and by the end of the show she became probably one of my favorites.
1: Uh well, I always sort of liked her cuz you know, I, I I was sort of familiar with the characters. But actually that that first episode I was not that impressed I was sort of like oh this is an annoying sort of unrealistic character because everybody else seems much much more grounded in how a real person would act in those situations right and it just seems so crazy that it sort of takes you out of it and she is funny she's just not really I I don't know she doesn't seem to fit at least in in her first few episodes she doesn't seem to fit right and that goes back to what I
2: said about the characters they all they all grow and they eventually just start to fit better into
1: Into the mm. show, yeah, and I'll that, have to that see. That
2: happens
1: significantly I'll, with Ed. Oh, nice. Yeah, I I will report back in future episodes uh, on what I think of Cowboy Bebop as I go through it. Uh, what I've been reading is uh, I haven't been reading much manga lately. Uh, I've been reading real books. You know, you may have heard of them before. They have words in them huh? instead of pictures. Where's
2: all the pictures?
1: <laughs> so of androgynous one-
2: men and. In- little doll girls.
1: Oh, actually, funny story that I'll get to about manga right after I'll, I mention what I have been reading. Uh, I read the first chapter of The First President of Japan, which I picked up at Anime Next for $5, and it's a, uh, a old Raijin Comics release that is out of print now. Uh, and I don't think I'll ever find volume two, unless I'm really, really lucky. But uh, I picked up volume one of it and it's about a, a character who is elected by popular vote as the prime minister of Japan, and it's about him caught in this power struggle in the middle in the middle of a uh, an Asian conflict that that uh, strikes right as he enters the uh, prime minister's office. And I just read the first chapter, and you know it's it's really uh, overly dramatic sort of political drama stuff, uh, and I'm uh, definitely. You know, can't wait to see what uh what happens. It's it's not your traditional manga, but that's why I, I bought it, because I've been trying to check out some uh, stuff that's off the beaten path, such as uh, With the Light, which I mentioned a couple episodes ago, which is about autism. Oh, right, so, yeah. Yeah, so it, it's interesting to check out some of the manga that goes off the beaten path and tries things different from, you know, your Naruto and your One Piece and Dragon Ball Z and all that stuff.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: And uh, so the funny story would be that my uncle went to Japan recently and he was like, hey, I'll pick you up something, you know, just uh, because, but he's, he's in the military and he's not a, uh, he's not an anime fan at all. Uh, Some people may have seen this story on Twitter. So he, he just, I I told him, I was like, hey, there is some, some stuff that uh, you might want to avoid picking up if you're in japan so be careful because not all anime and manga is for kids and so he, he comes back and it's like i get this d gray man comic and i'm like oh that's cool it looks like it's probably just some fan comic and i'm just sort of telling myself oh it's not what i think it is definitely not there's no way it's what i think it is and then i opened it up and i flipped through and oh it was a fan comic and it was it was a uh A yaoi doujinshi, and it was wrapped in plastic, and my uncle had no idea. I still haven't told him. He's going to be pretty surprised when I tell him that he got me gay porn, essentially.
2: Thanks for the cartoon porn, dude.
1: And now it's on my shelf. Now what do I do when someone comes over, and they're like, Hey, Evan, what's this? I didn't know you were into this.
2: Oh, dude, I would be trashing that so fast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I have to find somebody who wants it. I don't, I'm not friends with any Yowie fans. <laughs> uh, not because I hate Yowie fans. Keep listening to the podcast, really. I, I don't really hate you that much, I guess. <laughs> so, what I've been playing is Fallout 3. Still? And I know that you played it. Good lord. Still, well, I didn't start it until recently.
2: Really? I thought you had started it right around the same time I did.
1: No way, man. When did you start playing it?
2: When it came out. Okay, no. (laughs) Okay. Uh,
1: I actually got it around when it came out and had uh, a bunch of other games to play because I was playing Fable 2 and Far Cry 2.
2: Right, And I was
1: sort of saving Fallout because I knew that it would probably be the longest of the three. Uh, I don't know if it was because I still haven't beaten Far Cry 2. I just switched to Fallout.
2: (laughs) How far into Fallout are you?
1: Uh, Well, I don't know, you know, how you could measure how far you are in it.
2: Uh well, I guess I, so. Are you
1: talking? Are you talking about how far you in the main quest?
2: Yeah, sure. Like,
1: finding your father. I don't quest? know what, what that have that you been doing. I got sidetracked. Uh, I've been doing a lot of those quests for that stupid Moira or Mo- however you say that name. That, yeah, uh, Moira. Creative side uh, supply, supply girl. She's she's really annoying, and actually she's voiced, I believe, by the uh, voice actress of Misato from Evangelion, which is why I I was like I know that voice actress when yeah. I first uh, that met me her. didn't with me. At all? Yeah.
2: I try to block that show out of my mind, so.
1: <laughs> I want to shoot that woman. Uh, so do I. I can't she, stand but her. But she's paying me things for the stuff that I do, so I'm not shooting her yet. But she is so annoying.
2: Oh yeah. No matter how well you do, she's like, well, that was okay, but I mean, you could do better. So go find more leads. She's so of these.
1: peppy. Why is she so peppy? She's in a nuclear wasteland. She's <laughs> like the happiest person there. God damn. Okay. So when I'm done doing work for her, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill her. I swear to God, because I'm playing my character as like not a not a sadistic evil guy, but just a jerk.
2: Did you blow up Megaton?
1: No, because she's still there.
2: Well, <laughs> she lives.
1: <laughs> oh really? I didn't <laughs> yeah.
2: know that. Um, I won't spoil it. Are um, you kidding me? What's she like? She, a cockroach? She does live, and you still Damn are it. able to do her missions.
1: Damn it! <laughs> I'm gonna shoot that girl. Anyway, we have to stop ranting about her. What else have I done? Uh, let's see I've been grabbing stupid like scrap metal for some guy and some sugar bombs for another guy these stupid fetch quests that people have you on but they pay you money yeah. and I'm greedy and I want more money fair enough Uh, some Talon mercenaries started this is so weird narrating this some Talon mercenaries started attacking me uh, because I was being too nice a guy which I wasn't trying to be a nice guy but I guess the game thought I was being nice
2: too nice for the tail on mercenaries. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, and then I went back to their base and massacred them all. Well done. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to to tell how far you are in the game. I don't I don't even remember all the quests I've done. I was thinking of doing the Tenpenny Tower quest, but it's uh, I was just saving that. I was doing some other stuff, saving up some uh, weapons and money and stuff, because that seems like it's a pretty big quest. I don't know. It's a big tower. I figure it must be a big quest.
2: Uh, there are many quests.
1: <laughs> uh, so so yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I I had heard some some negative feedback from people. Uh, specifically, I think the joystick podcast was saying that it was not very good, and uh, I really like it. I don't know what they were talking about. That's I'm, weird. It's
2: definitely a good game, but it, it is not for everybody. I really mm. tried to get into it. I was like, yes, follow. I can't wait. I was fully expecting it to be like the game that sucked me in the most in two thousand eight. <clears throat> And through 2009, because of all the DLC. I yeah. just couldn't care about that game for the longest time. It got to the point where I was just so bored of walking around, killing guys, doing the same fetch quest, I just couldn't handle it. I quit. Probably about mm. 10 hours in.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm really getting sucked into it. I get, So you're right, I mean, it depends on the person, because I am enjoying Fallout 3 a lot right now. Uh, and I, just, I really enjoyed uh, m- both Morrowind and Oblivion, and, I don't know, for some reason it reminds me of the Knights of the Old Republic games a bit, in like like a combination of those and uh, the Elder Scrolls game, which I think that's a good combination, because I liked both of those games, so <laughs> it ends up being something that I enjoy. And I really like that combat system. The VATS thing. Yeah, the
2: VATS thing is really cool, like pausing it, time to zoom in and yeah. on certain things. Yeah, it's really cool.
1: Because the combat was god-awful in Oblivion. Well, the, and the combat
2: is god-awful in Fallout. Have you tried playing it like a shooter?
1: Oh, it's yeah, I terrible. have. It's pretty bad. But, I mean, with Vats, it's pretty fun. I like it yep, that way. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's Fallout 3. I uh, am definitely enjoying that a lot, and I would suggest it to people, but then again, you might be like Mitchie, and you might not like it, so who knows?
2: <laughs> yeah, ten hours of wandering around a depressing wasteland will kind of start to grind on you.
1: So, what have you been doing?
2: Uh, Well, nothing anime and manga related until I watched Tokyo Godfathers last night. Uh, But just the usual stuff, like, you know, playing games, all that good stuff. Uh, Lately, I've been playing a couple things. I was playing Blades Blue Calamity Trigger for review last week. uh, And then my 360 died, so I can no longer play that.
1: Oh, no way. Did you get Red Ringed? Yep. Oh, snap. It was
2: my uh, review console as well, so I gotta get that replaced.
1: Oh, wow. Uh,
2: But early impressions, I mean, that game will be out by the time this podcast goes up. It's really good. It's a 2D fighter. Uh, I think all the animation is done by Gonzo.
1: Oh, no way. Yeah, so, I mean, huh. it
2: looks really good. It's like super flashy and pretty, and uh, the character animation is like really fluid. I guess their whole thing is like 2D animation, 60 frames per second. So everything is really yeah, wow. fluid and fast uh, yeah. when it's in motion. It's also like a really easy fighting game. Like, all mm. of the moves are kind of the same. Like, you know, quarter circle forward, A, B. Backpack B. Like, just really simple inputs so anybody can play it. Mm. But I just don't know how, you know, like, quote, professional players are going to get into it. <laughs> I mean, they'll like it. It's good. It's a really good fighting game. But I just don't know if it'll have, like, the longevity of a Street Fighter or anything like that. Yeah, But, I mean, if, Prob- if you want, like, a 2D fighter, like, kind of like Street Fighter, I guess. There's very few magical powers. It's really weapon-based. But, yeah, it's just, like, it's super fun. And I I think the story is terrible, personally. Uh, It's incomprehensible. So stick to the fighting your buddies kind of thing. But yeah, if you're into fighting
1: games, incomprehensible it's really good. stories isn't that what fighting games are supposed to have?
2: Uh, yeah, I guess so. Normally,
1: I mean, Street Fighter is. <laughs> let's not call that a comprehensible story.
2: The narrative in Street Fighter is immensely deep, Evan. You just don't understand. <laughs> I'm the sorry, canon. I
1: wasn't paying attention to the the symbolism.
2: Right, you don't understand Chun Li's strife against M Bison. The murderer of her father?
1: Oh, really? I didn't even pay that much attention. All I know is Dalsim's river is... Like, he's having a drought in the river by his uh, village, and so he joins a tournament to get his water.
2: I had no idea about that. See, the story in this is really weird, because you get a ton of text. Like, you start the story, you pick a character, and you scroll through a bunch of text, and it reads kind of like a book. (laughs) Like, blah, 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 said, and then he walked up to the wall and punched the wall, and blah, 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 like, just...
1: Everybody knows fighting game fans can't read. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. They're there for the flashy visuals. Uh, but this text goes on for like no joke, like ten minutes before you fight. It's <laughs> unbelievable how much they expect you to read.
1: It's like the Star Wars text crawl on. Yeah, exactly. Steroids. Like
2: after two pages, I was like, all right, I get it. I don't give a shit about this text, this story at all. And then it just kept coming. So I mean, Blaze Blue, if you want a, like a solid three hundred and sixty PS three fighting game, like check that out for sure just don't play the story mode it's terrible
1: wait you can't skip the text
2: uh you can sp- like you can speed it up like you know you hit A and it, po- it all pops up and then just switch to the okay. next page but there's no like press start to skip all this bullshit button
1: yeah that that should definitely be there <laughs> for sure so uh anything else you've been doing
2: since my 360 is all you know dead Yeah. I've been resorting to PC gaming I picked right. up Blood Bowl on PC it's like a turn based football game hmm I starring like Warhammer universe.
1: Oh, okay, I was wondering where
0: the blood was coming from.
2: It is incredibly hard to get into if you're a newcomer, but hmm. it is still super cool. Like it's turn-based football with insane violence.
1: Yeah, wow, that's turn-based football.
2: Right, and everything. It's like football, but everything depends on a die roll. Picking up the ball, throwing the ball, catching the ball is all dependent on die rolls. <laughs> so you have to build up a team, build up your stats, skills, all that stuff. Wow. There's not much to say there aside from yeah, like if you're into strategy RPG turn based kind of stuff, like yeah, you'll totally be into Blood Bowl. Like even if you don't like football, I hate football.
1: Blood Bowl is totally sweet. That's the way that uh that EA should get all the nerds to play Madden. Just make it a turn-based uh a turn-based game. That's
2: well it. it's weird too, because how they're doing it, uh it's a turn-based game, but there is a real-time mode. And they're releasing it on 360 and PS3 later this year, sometime in, like, September or November or something like that. Right. And they're just like, well, we'll make it Madden, except you only control one player at a time. Kind of like Madden. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, I don't know, they kind of eliminated exactly what makes that game good.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hmm.
2: I don't know, like, I I assume the turn-based stuff is there, but the real-time mode is not good, and I assume they'll just try and rip off Madden to put it on a controller.
1: Right, you can't beat Madden at its own game, really. On consoles, right. it's, it's a totally,
2: work. it's a completely different market. Like, there's no way yeah. Mad- Madden fans are gonna see Blood Bowl and be like, "All right, sorry, John."
1: Well, see Well, what year. if they just called it Madden with Blood? People would buy it, right?
2: Sure, yeah, probably. you know, I mean, barring copyright issues. Are so. dudes with hammers, like one of my dwarf units, drives a friggin' steamroller with spikes on it.
1: That's so awesome!
2: <laughs> yeah, and it's just, it's really cool. It's super hard though. Like, if you'd never played Blood Bowl, you're gonna have a really hard time. Hmm. I have probably played about I don't know less than ten matches, and I'm still just grinding through, like trying to learn stuff on my own. And it's because it's not very accommodating with strategies, hmm. so you kind of got to do stuff on your own. Anyway, enough of that. Um, Battlefield Heroes is the next thing I'm like uh, I guess the last thing I'll talk about. I talked about this before, and uh, it's like a free online shooter, third person shooter, developed by Dice, the guys who did you know all the old Battlefield games. Mirror's and Mirror's Edge, Edge. yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's really cool. It's, like, old-school Battlefield kind of thing. Like, you're capturing points and stuff like that, but it's got a really cartoony aesthetic. Uh, and the whole thing about it is, it's free. Like, you just sign up on their website, battlefieldheroes.com, register your account, and you make a character, and you just play. I think they have, like, four or five maps or something like that, so, I mean, for a free game, it's pretty substantial. The catch is, uh, you can buy credits, and the credits buy you gear for your guy, or, uh, you can upgrade your abilities, stuff like that. Uh, you can buy, like, health packs and stuff like that. Because by default, you only have, like, an armor ability. But you can buy, like, band-aids that give you a quick refresh of health. But you're buying it for a limited time, so you're only allowed, like, I think 100 uses for the medical pack. Kind of thing. Uh, gear, you can buy, like, I bought a hat yesterday, permanently, for 560 points. And then I bought a, a jacket. Permian hat,
1: that's the best kind.
2: Yes, exactly. Uh, or you can rent gear for, like, a month for, uh, like, a significantly less amount of money. Hmm. I think I bought uh, 1,400 credits for... Oh, sorry, 28, 2,800 credits for 20 bucks. So, I mean, I think I essentially spent, like, 5 bucks on a hat. Wow, really? Yeah, it's, like, it's really weird the way they have it set up. Because you can rent stuff, or you can buy it permanently and own it for 500 points.
1: $5 for a hat?
2: I think so. Yeah, I think I don't know. What does that hat give you?
1: Like extra defense or? it's an aesthetic thing. It's just for your guy. Like I,
2: I dropped twenty bucks on these credits, and I was like, alright, I'll buy some stuff for keeps, rent some stuff, just to see how it works.
1: Hmm. That Uh, sounds like way too much money. For it depends. I mean, if you're into it, right, you're going to
2: be spending money on your guy to give him like cool uh, uniforms and exclusive items and stuff. Like for a while, they had a monkey and a parrot you could buy to put on your shoulder. (laughs) So every now and then, you'll see like a guy with a eye patch, and he'll have a parrot on his shoulder because he's a pirate. Ha ha. Uh, but there's also, like, weapon stuff. You can buy new weapons. But it isn't like you buy better weapons, necessarily. Like, you don't buy weapons with, like, triple damage. Because they don't want to have the rich buying their way to victory. Yeah. So how they do it is, you rent these weapons, and they just have various, like, statistical effects. So either they shoot really fast at a short range, or they shoot really slow from far away. Stuff like that. Yeah. So depending on your playstyle, you can rent these different weapons uh, to get more experience, which, you know, levels you up and I think gives you access to more items. Okay. So it's like, it's always rewarding you, but at the same yeah. time, if you want to reap your rewards, you got to spend a bit of cash.
1: Right, but I guess it evens out because the game itself is free. Exactly. Ma- like i are making up for the money you're not paying in subscription fees.
2: Right. I mean, the game is free and it's really good, so I wanted to, you know, support it, but I also wanted to see how the stuff worked. When I bought stuff, so I, I dropped him 20 bucks, and I fully see myself spending more money in the future because it's really cool to buy, like, an experience upgrade. You buy an experience upgrade, and you get it for, like, a week, a month, three months. And in that time, your guy will level up faster. Hmm. He'll get, uh, I think it's, like, double the experience or 1.5 the experience for every kill he gets. Stuff like that. So you can accelerate the rate at which you level up. And at the same time, you're not really buying your way to victory. It's really It's really cool how they set it up. And I fully expect to play it for a while. At least until 1943 comes out on Xbox Live Arcade, because that game is friggin' awesome.
1: Alright, so uh, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back with our review of Tokyo Godfathers.
0: Hey.
1: We are going to talk about Tokyo Godfathers. This is an anime movie, and it's directed by Satoshi Kone, And he is a really, really awesome director.
2: Paranoia Agent, Paprika, uh, Perfect Blue, Millennium Actress.
1: Which is my favorite anime movie ever.
2: I still need to watch that. Maybe.
1: Uh, I still need to review that officially for the site. Uh, Anyway, so this is a story about Japanese hobos. Uh, One is a runaway... uh, schoolgirl named Miyuki. One is an old bearded guy named Gene, and the other one is a drag queen named Hana. Uh, he has a mustache, right? Like a Anna? slight mustache? No, I, think I so. guess
2: he's kind of got like a bit of a facial hair going. He's got stubble.
1: Yeah, that's what it is. He's got stubble, and he's dressed like a woman, so it's pretty clear that he's a guy. And then they are digging through the garbage, and they find a, uh, a baby. Which is, you know, weird. It's around Christmas time. And uh, they decide to pick up this baby and take it with them and uh, care for it and try to... Uh, well, they disagree on this, but they're... Yeah,
2: is the only one who really wants to take care of the baby because, mm. you know, And he... He, think- he thinks that he deserves it because he wants to be a woman and can't have mm. babies. So he finds the baby and thinks it's a sign from God. And that comes up a lot. This baby is a sign from God. And it's actually really funny how that comes up. Just like in the introduction sequence, the whole thing is hilarious. I'll get to that in a minute. But Hana's the only one who wants to take care of the baby. The other two, Gina and... Frickin' girl. Uh, Miyuki. That's the one. uh, They kinda don't care. They're like, we gotta take it to the police, let's just kinda get on with it. But Hana's convinced that since it's Christmas, we gotta take care of this baby. It can't be the worst day of this baby's life.
1: Right. And uh, it becomes this really, really interesting story about them sort of redeeming themselves through the baby, which is a... It's a... A plot that we sort of see in a lot of things, both in Japanese movies and in uh, American movies, where they've all made mistakes in their lives, and they've ended up on the streets as hobos, and they find sort of a way of redeeming themselves, a, a, new, a new chance in well, this Well, and it's,
2: it's all interconnected, and it's really smart, because everybody yeah. is redeeming themselves through parents, and, like, it's a... Yeah. The whole thing is about uh, reuniting children with parents, and it starts with the baby. Exactly. And then you start to learn the truth about the three hobos' past, uh, and you eventually start to meet all of their parents and children, uh, depending, you know, respective of who has what. Yeah, it. yeah. And it's kind of, it's just like it's really touching in that regard that it, everything comes together and everything builds up to the next encounter of, you know, Hana meeting her mother, revealing the truth around behind, you know, like why Miyuki is on the streets and yeah. why uh, Gin's lies and how that all comes together. It's all really smart.
1: Yeah, actually, uh, there's there's one thing I included this in my uh, my written review on AntiGamers, which you can look up at AntiGamers uh, and it's a probably one of my favorite scenes of the movie, which is where uh, Geen is talking to Hana about his uh, his daughter, and they're in a convenience store, and then Miyuki gets a me- like a text message from her father.
2: When you say text message, you don't mean cell phone. You mean like it's in a newspaper.
1: Oh, it's, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I haven't seen She's the movie in while. Because, like, it. She's an ad in the news, like
2: Angel came home. You can come back too. Like, Angel was her cat. Yeah,
1: there we go. Part of that so was she, why she
2: freaked out and left home, was because of her cat.
1: Yeah, so so first Gein says to Hana, he's talking about his, his child, and he says, A father never forgets his child. And then Miyuki sees that message and storms out of the room, and then Hana says, A child never forgets its parents. And it's just a really great. It's a great way of summing up what the movie is all about. It's about. You know, not only a f- that a, you know, a father will always remember his, his child and always come back for his child, but that a child will always remember her father. And that Actually, sort of
2: thing. that scene kind of connects to what I wanted to talk about with the introduction. As mm. soon as they walk out of that diner to follow Miyuki to the phone booth, a f- an ambulance smashes through it. Yeah. And they all avoid death. And this happens so much in this movie yeah, where they I all think just three or four narrowly times. avoid death. Yeah, and it's well, most no, of it's in the, the beginning, in the opening credits. Where they find the baby and is running up with the baby like, oh, I love you so much. You're so cute. She dodges like a, a big paint bucket that falls off of a billboard. These guys are painting a billboard and this thing falls and just narrowly misses her head. After mm. that, uh, you see a car. Like she's walking up to the to this crosswalk and she turns around to so yell at Gina and uh, Miyuki who are saying, we got to take it to the police. She turns around and yells, no, 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 we're not doing that. In front of her, you see two people get hit by a car.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And well, it's, it's, about, like it's about sort so of Christmas much. miracles, too, and it's, uh, actually, you, you pointed that out, but uh, I don't know, I, I guess you probably noticed this, that a lot of those times when they escape death, it's it's almost exclusively a vehicle driving into a building. That happens like three or four times, right. where a vehicle drives into a building, and it's just so weird. It, it's what Satoshi Kon does a lot, but he does it specifically in this movie, where he uses just repeated images over and over. Well, the whole sort of the whole gag with
2: uh, turning right comes up a lot. They come to forks in the road to be turned right or left. Oh,
1: I don't think I caught that. I may have. Really?
2: They're in a fork. No, 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 no. no. See... I,
1: I think I do remember that now. Yeah.
2: Okay, because they never know whether to turn right or left, and they always end up turning right. And every time they do, they come across something like uh, the first time they find that guy trapped under his car. Yeah. And then later right. in the movie, when again, with a car smashing through the mall, the taxi driver is standing in front of his burning car, pointing to the right when they're chasing down the woman. And mm. they, they start to turn left, but he's pointing right, so they turn around and they go right. It's hilarious. All that stuff just connects so well, and it's really funny.
1: And actually, uh, you, you pointed out there all the, the different little characters that they meet. It, this uh, This movie essentially is like a series of of episodes almost like a like a TV series but it's it's put into a movie where they they'll just meet a person and get involved in something with that person's life you know and they'll they'll affect that person in some way and then at the end all of these people sort of are are all intertwined in the story of this baby they've all been pulled into this story and it, yeah. it's it's interesting because it's not a really a very linear narrative it's very Just all over the place. They're wandering around Tokyo, and crazy stuff happens. And at the end, it all sort of ties together.
2: Well, and it takes a while for you to realize how connected things are. Yeah. They show up to that party after uh, they rescued the guy from his car. Yeah. They go to the party. Gin sees the businessman who he claims screwed him over and killed his family, essentially. Right. Uh, So just as he's going to kill him, a Latino assassin tries to shoot him. Tries to shoot the guy they saved under the car. And as soon as Gein is about to kill this guy, he gets shot, like, four times. And, going back yeah, to Christmas they... Miracles, the guy survives. Right. Like, he, just, he doesn't die. And from there, like, the Latino assassin kidnaps Miyuki and the baby, and all that leads to stuff with the taxi driver, and it all just, like, all crescendos to the end. We're in the final chase.
1: Uh, actually, and, you know, I, I guess we're just going to keep bringing up these, uh, these recurring motifs, uh, one of them, if I remember correctly, because I haven't watched the movie uh, in a while, but I believe there's, uh, I believe every single character gets at least one, I, th- I think actually just one time when uh, when light shines on their face, right? I think they they each have, uh, if, if I remember, they each have one moment where there's sort of like some sort of light, and it's, it's shining on them and makes them look sort of angelic.
2: I didn't catch that, but there was this, uh, Gin was dying in the alley after all the kids beat him up, and that... Uh... Fairy angel lady was there.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. He he looks up and there's a, a light on his face, and it's from the angel. And um, I believe the first time that they find the baby, there's a light on its face, and there's a, a moment where it happens with uh, with Miyuki also. And then I, I remember um, sort of spoiler alert here, but uh, n- at the end, the a light shines as uh, as Hana is holding the baby and, and falling down off the building. Uh, right. The light from the sun hits his face. Yeah. And so. I don't remember how it happens with Miyuki, but I know that all of them get one time where That's you very see strange, a close-up of their with face that. with light on it. It's just so, it's so weird how he does that. He just, Kon ties all of these motifs together, and it, it feels very, very tight, even though it's a very loose na- narrative. Everything just really fits.
2: Right, like, they're, v- they're very aware of what they want to portray. And they Mm. they execute on that perfectly.
1: Right. Actually, interesting piece of uh, staff information here. The music here is by Keiichi Suzuki. And uh, it's uh, the interesting thing there is Satoshi Kon almost always uses a guy called Susumu Hirasawa. And uh, most people will know him for the opener of Paranoia Agent, because it's a very distinctive, sort of electronica-sounding opening.
2: Yeah, it's it's very weird.
1: Right. So that guy does this very surreal music uh, and that's sort of been known as a staple of Satoshi Kon's movies especially cuz his movies are often very surreal so they fit with that sort of music uh, and interestingly this is his least surreal movie and it also uses a different uh, a different composer for the music uh, and i actually I'm not quite sure what keiji suzuki has worked on oh almost nothing like, oh
2: wow Just Uzumaki red colored
1: elegy Dr. Chichi Buyama uh-huh nothing i've ever heard of
2: no <laughs> uh, you also mentioned that you really liked the writing in Cowboy Bebop earlier. Turns out, I, mm. I guess I read this on IMDb earlier. I guess the writer, one of the writers on this flick, is also like the lead screenplay writer on Cowboy Bebop.
1: Keiko Nobumoto. Sure. Yeah, I think I've I think I've seen her on uh, a bunch of uh, a bunch of the episodes for for Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, she's actually in charge of the screenplay. So right. She's... She did the screenplay of the movie too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah that's uh that's interesting and actually just to throw it in here she also did the screenplay for macross plus and she worked on wolf's Rain. so yeah the the writing is definitely i think one of the the best parts of this and let's not forget this is a very pretty movie because it's madhouse and satoshi Cohen always works with madhouse and right it's, the animation it's very is very like good super looking.
2: distinct and real it's it's really realistic is what they do like Mm. Lots of anime people are like running around. They have like speed lines behind them and all that crazy stuff. Like this is very very real. People are stumbling when they're running. Like their arms are waving in weird directions. Like it's it's very natural and it looks really good because of it.
1: Yeah. Um, Actually, I just I just remembered. I want to bring back to uh, the surrealism with Satoshi Kon. Uh, How how much of his how many of his movies have you seen, Michi?
2: Movies just perfect blue.
1: I've seen early okay, so
2: and per- Oh no, I've seen paprika and perfect blue.
1: Okay, so you you understand the way he does things where it's like he'll he'll do that switch on you where you think something's real and then you realize that it's and actually it's a not. dream or something. Right. Well, I, I thought it's interesting, you know, I was watching the movie and I was like this doesn't really feel like his typical stuff cuz it didn't have that surrealism and there's that one moment with Miyuki where she has a, what I would call a Satoshi Kone moment. Where she's got, she's like talking to someone, and then she looks, you know, it like cuts back to the person, and their face has changed. And it's a, uh, it's some scene where she's talking to her parents. You remember that scene?
2: Oh, oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, she's in her living room freaking out at her parents, and then suddenly her parents turn into the other two hobos, Hana and Gene.
1: Which is, of course, a commentary on the fact that they are her her family, right, just as much as her original family is. But it's, it's the only moment in the movie where Satoshi Kon's typical direction style actually comes out.
2: Right, other than that, it's, it's a very grounded movie with like very realistic situations. Aside from all the crazy happenstance, coincidence stuff.
1: And uh, also, I actually showed this in my uh, my anime club. And uh, I, I showed it because I was looking for Christmas movies. And this is like one of the only Christmas movies I could find that's an anime, right? I mean, can, what others can you think of? And let's not say itsudate my Santa that I have is off never heard of, of that, the uh, in my life. it's it's by the Love Hina guy We're not going to talk about it past this because it will make my brain explode.
2: This is actually less of a Christmas movie more of like a New Year's movie because the majority of mm. everything that goes down happens on New Year's Eve
1: but I th- but a lot of times they are talking about Christmas right they like they find stuff. the baby on
2: Christmas Eve and they spend yeah. a lot of the time at Christmas uh, debating where to take the baby and then they kind of skip ahead to Christmas Eve or er, New Year's Eve. Where they yeah. find out about the parents, and a bunch of crazy stuff goes down that I don't really want to spoil because it's really good. It's really the whole story is like really poignant, I guess.
1: Yeah, and and by the end you just sort of have that moment of like, wow, you know, like that all that all tied together. I, I it's and you watch it again and you realize all these little things that that were thrown in both in the story and in the the visuals, things that like we said with the with the cars crashing into things, things that right. have no. Effect on the story, but they're just there and they're sort of telling you something. And I think you were mentioning before we started that uh, it's it's very funny, right?
2: It is it is hilarious. Like it is yeah. one of the very few anime I've watched where I've actually been laughing out loud. Like it's right. it's genuinely funny. It's cute. Like the the thing that made me like made me realize the most that this is practically a comedy is yeah. like I said earlier when the taxi driver is standing in front of his burning car with he's just pointing right like you want to go this way like. It kind of yeah. built up from all these times where they were like, do we go left or right? Well, let's flip a coin. Let's gamble on it. Let's go from yeah. there. But like, straight up, go right. Like, it was just super funny.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's. I, I guess I'd call it a black comedy, right? Because it's funny, but it's about homeless people. And a lot of times they bring up how depressing it is to be a homeless person. And there's a, a part where Gein gets beat up by a bunch of kids. Oh, he gets
2: absolutely stalked just... by these kids. And
1: I mean, like you know, you're laughing and you're laughing and then you're like, "Oh, right. They're oh, homeless." Wait, he's this dying is really depressing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's interesting cuz it it's not preachy about homeless people. Right, it's it, just
2: showing like this kind of sucks. It's a depressing y- life.
1: Yeah, it, it doesn't fl- make it all flowery and pretend that it's, you know, a fun adventurous lifestyle. It it makes it It makes it funny at times, and then it shows you, "Eh, it's it's actually pretty bad, guys. And the
2: characters are very aware of this. They they Mm. say on multiple occasions, like, we cannot take care of this baby, we have to get it to the police. When they're at the hospital, they say, well, like, you need to stay nourished and stay rested. Like, I'm a homeless person, I can't do that. Right. Like, it's all very real, but it's not saying, like, you need to give money to the homeless and keep them safe.
1: Right, Exactly. And a lot of it is talking about their own failings, how they're homeless because of things that they've done, and it, it you know, it it takes a sort of double stance there, you know, they're homeless because of things they've done, and because of bad things that have happened to them, and, you know, you can't just right, pin parallels. that on like, one how, thing.
2: Look how rough they have it, and it switches to, well, it was their own fault, this is their mistakes that led them to where they are. Well,
1: it, that's what's interesting. I don't think it shows it as just it was their mistakes, but it's it's a combination of their mistakes and just bad circumstances, right. you know. It doesn't say that a homeless person is homeless because of either one or the other. It can be a, just a combination of a right, couple bad just specifically mistakes. specifically
2: about these three characters and yeah. what circumstances led to the where they ended up.
1: Yeah, so I think this is a fantastic movie. This is definitely worth seeing for anybody. Uh,
2: Absolutely. Like, it's it's really... I don't know. I think it's charming because it's
1: mm. at the at the that's same time word. it's trying
2: to be funny and quirky. It's also like a really dramatic and almost kind of action movie. Like towards the end, it turns into action movie, and they even joke mm. about that, like telling Gini, "You're not an action hero. Like you don't yeah. you shouldn't be doing all these things you're doing." And he agrees, and at the end, he kind of turns into this crazy action
1: superstar. But it's that—that's all part of the part of the redemption. He goes from a, a hobo who only cares about himself someone who genuinely cares about this child and is willing to to work for right and all three survival. of them end
2: up almost dying because of this baby they want to keep alive and they want to get safe back to its mother because they Oof. all know what it's like to be without your family right so it, it like it hits on all points like any angle it's trying to like get you from and it, it nails absolutely beautifully
1: yeah, I, I would uh, I would say this is one of the anime that I would show to uh, to non anime fans. Yeah, though it is it's a little uh, it has a couple like sexual references, so it's definitely not for kids. But
2: well, it's, d- is is there a dub? Because
1: there in, is a dub, I believe. Is there?
2: Mine is only subtitled.
1: I, 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 I could be wrong. Just a note here. Uh, it turns out that I was wrong. There is no dub for Tokyo Godfathers.
2: And I swear to God, the word faggot must have come up about twenty times.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely not for kids. It's it's got a lot of uh, inappropriate stuff because it, it tries to show the realism of what they're going through. So it's got it's got a lot of curse words in it and stuff. But I actually showed this to my parents and they enjoyed it a lot. Uh, it it's really it's something that that can really work for uh, for both anime fans and non fans.
2: Right. It is really it's, just an, a movie that happens to be a cartoon.
1: Right, and that's what Satoshi Kon is is often very good at. He doesn't. He, he does things that I think would probably not work as well on uh, if, if they weren't cartoons. But they're not
2: right. Like Paprika would, because it had the liberty of being animated, right. it succeeded.
1: Right. A lot of a lot of those things don't just would be impractical to do on a live action screen. Uh, but they're also they're not so cartoony that that non anime fans can't watch them. So that's what he's very good at. So I think we can both heartily suggest this movie. Absolutely, definitely like, go and watch this. I was kind of
2: skeptical this. when I started watching it. It's kind of slow to start because it's just these hobos living their lives until they find this baby, and from there it turns into this like really funny, really touching, like really good movie. that's genuinely great.
1: Right, and I, I don't think we mentioned when it's uh, when it was released. I don't know the exact release date, but it's uh, two thousand three. Some... Is it? Okay, yeah, that's so. what I thought. So, yeah, it's it's 2003. It's a very recent movie. Uh, Definitely check this out. This is a fantastic movie.
2: Don't stab your parents.
1: This is true. That will
0: keep you
2: in the house and off the streets. Yeah, definitely. Just saying.
0: Anime, manga, games, industry insight, fandom, diverse. All of these words help to describe one of the most refreshing anime podcasts ever created. The Anime 3000 panel with Sean Russell brings together various podcasters, bloggers, as well as members of the Otaku Press to discuss a wide range of topics. Each show brings you a variety of unique perspectives with consistency and flair. Check us out today and hear some of your favorite podcasters square off over topics that include anime, giant robots, trends in technology, gaming manga, and much more. Visit us at anime3000.com or get up-to-the-minute news through Twitter. Keyword, Anime3000. The Anime3000 panel with Sean Russell. Don't just listen, discuss.
1: It's time for Links of the Day. Mitchy, you made me start earlier, so I'm gonna make you start.
2: Fun by me. Um. So... I'm into, you know, being late to the party on things, so by the time this comes out, this will probably be incredibly old, but it is incredibly hysterical. If you go to tinyworld.com slash A-G-P-W-O-W, as in Andy Gamer's podcast, World of Warcraft, you'll find many funnies in this video of this, I don't know, he must be like 16 or 17. This kid, it just absolutely flips his shit about his mom canceling his WoW account. <laughs> I guess the backstory to this is this kid's mom canceled his WoW account as soon as he hit level 80. Presumably because he was spending too much time playing it. So, as soon as this <laughs> happened, his little brother grabs his camera and puts it in his brother's room. And then runs out. As his brother comes into the room, he's freaking out, yelling like, I hate you, I'm never come! I'm gonna leave and never come back. And this guy proceeds due to do just like the weirdest, weirdest flip out. Like he... Slams into his bed, he gets tangled in his blankets, and then he comes out of his blankets (laughs) without any clothes on except his boxers. (laughs) And he's just, like, punching his bed and slamming doors and, like, breathing really heavy, and it is incomprehensible
1: to me that anybody could act like this, ever. I've got to see this now.
2: It's fantastic, it is hilarious. So, uh, you know, this is what happens when your mom cancels your WoW account. You lose it, I guess.
1: Wow. Alright, so, um... My link, uh, you can go to slash agp 17 evan as in Annie Gamers Podcast Seventeen Evan. Uh, this is uh, all I could come up with. It's a uh, post on Okazu, which is the uh, the blog run by Erica Friedman of YuriCon, and it's it's about something that I had been watching on Twitter when it uh, when it was sort of uh, being very hotly debated in it, and it's about these two articles. One was from Penthouse Magazine and one was from the LA Times. The Penthouse article was talking about how the New York Comic Con is, quote, all about the sex, unquote, and was sort of assuming that girls only go to to comic conventions so that they can have sex, rather than because they actually like comics and read comics and buy comics. Uh, And then the LA Times one was just assuming that all girls go to comic book conventions so that they can uh, see the actors from the latest Twilight movie or whatever hot new guy is in the new sci-fi show or sci-fi uh, movie or something like that. And so uh, Erica Friedman and also Deb Aoki from uh, Manga.About.com and uh, some other folks on Twitter were talking about ways to sort of protest these stereotypes and they decided on making these uh, these shirts that they're going to wear at San Diego Comic-Con. So the, the post from Okazu is uh, is detailing sort of what's going on with this little mini-protest that they're doing. So check that out, and uh, maybe you'll buy a shirt and support them. Uh, that's all we've got for you today. Thank you very much for listening. You can check us out at podcast.anygamers.com for show notes and links. We have a... Uh, an RSS feed at feeds2.feedburner.com slash podcast. Also, please email us so you can tell us all sorts of feedback about the show, both good and bad, and then you can also suggest that we talk about things or we have certain guests on and stuff like that. That email address is podcast at AnnieGamers.com. Uh, we also have a blog. I mentioned it earlier. I, it's And I know it's surprising, but we write things Because we are literate human beings.
2: Well, Evan writes things. I kind of tag along (laughs) and do the podcast.
1: Mitchie sometimes writes things. You'll find an occasional article from him on the site. That website is com. Surprising, I know. So, uh, that's about it. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye.
2: We owe you one.
1: Yeah, we do. I don't know. What do we owe them?
2: I don't know. We told them to watch Tokyo Godfathers. They'll enjoy that. Yeah,
1: it's true. We already gave him a hug last time, so I don't know what we're doing now. We're saying goodbye.
2: Bye. Kinda, I guess. I don't know, I'm just like Japanese retarded.